Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, Jesus 911 on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Ruben Nava, I'm a one man car today. Jesse uh, is out. He's uh, he's doing some apostolic work because uh, you know with his uh, the various ailments that he's uh, going through, he's, he's offering up his his suffering and his pain for the the radio network and for all of us and all of our listeners. So he's doing some a mighty work with uh, by offering up all that uh, that pain and suffering. So keep him in your prayers. And um, today we're going to talk uh, about. Uh, the uh, monkeypox and um, the uh, the people that it's affecting. So um, the reason reason being is because you, you hear some pundits are coming across the airwaves saying that this is going to be the next pandemic and the, and the it's likely that they're going to shut us down again. And uh, just want to explain what this monkeypox is all about and 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 who it's affecting because uh, this is. This is not something that the, the, the majority of people um, are, are even have um, even a, a semblance of worry because this is actually affecting the uh, um, the gay bisexual men population. So let's talk about that. Uh, just to remind you that uh, this is the the month of the of the precious blood. We have to stay grounded in our faith and and pray the litany of, of the precious blood. It's a really powerful uh, a litany and. So we can uh, definitely get closer to Jesus uh, this month and 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 every month we have something to look forward to. So let's get into this. This is uh, the title of this is is um, is LGBTQ Pride events offer a make or break moment for the monkeypox. Now this is not some conservative website. This is actually taken from an NBC um, story. So we can't be uh, criticized for. Uh, being too hard on the on this particular segment of the of the of the population. Um, so after 27 dreary months of COVID-19 restrictions, we all felt that, right? Um, which felled the past two years Pride celebrations, LGBTQ Americans are finally poised to fully celebrate this their community on the public stage this weekend. Now this this article article came out in June. That was Pride Month, uh, June 24th, and it's that's in that that's another. A whole different topic. Um, they call it pride. Well, we know it. We know the sin of Lucifer was pride. That was the the, the greatest sin, and um, that cast him out along with a third of the angels. So it's just ironic that they should use the word pride to um, as as a a form of celebration of their uh, their lifestyle and and uh, of what they've accomplished so far because. I mean, this is this is moving at a fast next speed. This this whole movement now uh, growing up, I mean, uh, you didn't even hear about. Uh, very seldom do you even hear about any um, same sex relationships, and and now it's just full blown, full in your face, you know. And now, uh, you know, you even have gay marriage and well unions, because we know as Catholics that, uh, that there's no such thing as a same-sex marriage, but um, anyway, it's being recognized by in the country and all over the world. So going back to the article, it says that it, in a stroke of uncannily 
inopportune timing, the monkeypox virus has just arrived on the scene, threatening to put out a pall over the party. And public health experts say marquee pride gatherings this weekend in cities such as New York, San Francisco, Seattle, Denver, Houston, and Chicago could amount to a make-or-break moment for the U.S. outbreak of the virus. As of Thursday, 173 diagnoses of monkeypox in 24 states plus Washington, D.C. had been reported according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, the figure has been increasingly forebodingly swift pace since the global outbreak began in early May. Yet, you know, many experts, um, they presume that this is, is a substantial undercount due to what they characterize as woefully insufficient screening and awareness about the virus. And these aren't the, the latest figures, actually, not even um, in these articles. The, the latest figure is monkeypox virus outbreak is growing in, in the United States and elsewhere with the U.S. Centers for De- Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, now reporting 605 cases in 35 states. The District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, New York has the most cases with 122, followed by California with 116 and Florida with 64. But isn't it isn't it ironic that the two... The two biggest liberal states have the highest rate, you know, because of the, the sexual promiscuity. New York and California. Amazing. Um, and then the, the CDC also further reports that outbreak has, has now been seen in more than 3,500 confirmed monkey cases in 44 countries. So the first numbers were in, in uh, the United States. The, that last 3,500 count was in around the world. So... The article says, what really scares me right now is that we're talking about the inadequate job we're doing on testing. James Krollenstein, an influential HIV activist and co-founder of advocacy group Prep for All, told NBC News, even as the Biden administration pledged this week to ramp up the nation's monkeypox testing capacity. Anyway, this is the key in the article here. The vast majority of the identified cases of the virus have been among gay bisexual, and other men who have sex with men, in particular those who have reported recent sexual encounters with new or multiple partners, according to the WHO. Believing that the virus is largely transmitting through close skin-to-skin contact in the context of sexual activity between men and epidemiologists, have sourced the virus sunrise around the globe to major mid-spring gatherings of gay men in Spain and Belgium. Given the critically urgent need to control the outbreak before monkeypox uh, can establish a long-standing foothold in the U.S., pride event organizers across the country have been put in a tense and precarious bind. They must strike a delicate balance between helping educate the public about the virus and mitigating harmful social stigma toward people who contract it. Crucially, they seek to avoid the past communication blunders that marred and exacerbated the AIDS crisis. So they're worried about hurting people's feelings when they should be concerned about spreading this this virus if if it's as bad as they say it is, and uh, you know, call it what it is. This is a grave sin. Uh, it calls down for the uh, it, it's you know the the condemnations in scripture are so vast, and I'll get into that later um, of what this lifestyle can where it's leading you to and. Um, you know, what you have to look forward to. So, you know, my take and, and, you know, you know, I'm probably going to get some bad emails, but how about like what they told us, you know, remember when COVID hit, they were talking about, you know, 
slowed this to slow the spread. You know, we're going to mask up and and stay locked down two weeks to to <laughs> control the the spread. Well, how about you know we ban like gay bathhouses and pride parades for two weeks to slow the curve and like they told us, you know, in in, in about the coronavirus. Anyway. Uh, there's a, uh, Amira, Amira Rose, a professor of global health and epidemiology at George Mason University. It's the wider uh, public. Should, the wider public should also be left with the false belief that monkeypox cases will never transmit substantially outside the gay and bi men's and bisexual men's circles, as experts such as herself widely expect the virus to do. She's saying that it it could go so spread across other. Uh, you know, uh, other populations. Um, this dawning of yet another new potential pandemic arrives as the nation is already weary from the persistent COVID area. And Florida is grappling with a major outbreak of bacterial meningitis among who else? Among gay men who have sex with men. Is there something wrong with this picture here? Uh, the world is understandably tired of hearing about infectious diseases, said Dr. Monica Gandhi. She's an infectious disease specialist at the University of California, San Francisco. Well, so she's probably seen a lot of it up there. Referring to monkeypox, she added, however, the good thing about this particular pathogen is that we have a pre-existing vaccine that can prevent it and be given to those who have been in close contact. So with the Pride events that this weekend, or this, this was in June, experts are concerned that these events will only fuel the virus transmission among people who could then carry the virus back to their homes in far-flung locations, primarily through a surge of sexual connections and possibly from skin-to-skin contact within tightly packed club venues. Now, I myself have never been to one of those clubs, but uh, you know when you see pictures of them, they're just jam-packed. And... Uh, they're just uh, loud music bouncing off the walls and very close contact. And, um, you know, the I once read that there are a, uh, a typical gay man will have upwards of a thousand relationships in his, reli- in his lifetime, sexual encounters in his lifetime. And uh, that you can you can believe that because you know men have a stronger sex drive i believe than women and um so when you leave it at you know you bring two men together it's like it's out of control and and that's where you know our lord when he stepped in you know in uh, back in genesis in uh in sodom and gomorrah gomorrah it was because they were out of control and uh he brought damnation to them um and destroy that those cities. So uh, maybe this is a way to that our Lord is telling, "Hey, you guys got to wake up. You know this is this isn't right, and um, you're you're gonna have uh, a lot to uh, to worry about on your judgment day. So let's get yourself right. Just giving them an opportunity, just like it did with with HIV and AIDS. You know, it wasn't an immediate death sentence. It was a a prolonged suffering, and uh, a lot of people were able to get right. Make get right with God before their death and and that's what uh, that's what counts okay so anyway we're gonna pick this up on the other side of the break we'll be right back don't change that dial talk about monkey pox now back to Jesus 911 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. One man car, 108 for Jesus and um I'm I'm here talking about the LGBTQ pride events that uh, were happening in June and uh, the outbreak of the the monkeypox and how it's affecting the gay gay men and bisexual men who are having sex with other men. So um you're not hearing that too much in the in the news, and uh, it, they're making it sound like it's a widespread problem between heterosexuals, and and it is it is not. So, uh, and this this article I'm reading from is from NBC NBC News. So this is not a conservative website whatsoever, and um, it just goes on. It says monkeypox does not transmit anywhere nearly as readily as the coronavirus. It can transmit through the air. If it can transmit through the air, the question is controversial and unsettled. Monkeypox likely requires hours of very close contact to do so. Many infectious disease experts have argued. Um, While monkeypox can cause weeks of illness and in at least some cases can lead to severe pain, there have been no deaths during the current outbreak among people contracting the virus outside of Africa. And yet the the people in the know are saying this, this is going to be the next pandemic and this is going to be, this is going to, uh, we need to shut down the country again. And for this, so not one death yet. Um, anyway, uh, the food and drug administration has approved the Genios vaccine initially developed for smallpox for monkeypox. So initially for smallpox, but they're using it for monkeypox. Research suggests it may be about 85% effective at preventing monkeypox infection. If you're going to believe that, I mean, I, I got some, uh, <laughs> I got some swampland in uh, in Texas to sell you. Um, I mean, look what what happened with the COVID vi- vaccine. You know, you it's not stopping transmission. It's not you, you, more people with that are vaccinated are getting sick. So I'm not going to believe anything these these health organizations have to tell me. I don't know about you, but that's just, that's where I stand. I'm not to be trying to be anti-vax. I really am not because, you know, of course, you know, I had my vaccines as a kid, you know, for polio and and all the other things that they give you before you go to school. Um, I'm really not even into uh, the flu vaccines. I may have had one or two in my whole lifetime, but, you know, I typically leave it up to my body to fight any, uh, any infection. So, uh what does monkeypox typically do? It says here that it typically causes a rash and raised sores along with symptoms such as fever and swollen lymph nodes. It may be confused with sexually transmitted infections such as syphilis or herpes. Isn't that ironic that uh, a lot of these, these, these diseases that you get are from sexually transmitted uh, encounters? Uh, I mean, if you're not listening here, the, the Lord is telling you something here, you know, stop it, you know, and uh, it's interesting that there's a, a, a guy who runs the Pride, uh, co-chair of the New York City Pride, Andre Thomas, you know what he says is, he feels a distinct pressure to meet this epidemiology moment, not only in New York City's Pride March, the nation's largest, but the city is also home to a disproportionately high number of monkeypox cases. Yeah, it's also one of the most liberal cities we have in America. And uh, director uh, Daskalakis, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Daskalakis and CDC director Rochelle Walensky, 
whose background is also in HIV, have led monkeypox media briefings with an empathetic course of anti-stigma messaging in keeping with the strategy. They have tended to downplay their, their public comment, how the outbreak is spreading mostly among men who have sex with men. Of course they're not, you know. So Dask Galakis led the drafting of a harm reduction-based safer sex guide that has been widely praised within the public health community as offering non-judgmental advice designed to inform without alienating those at risk. Why not just tell them like it is? Just tell them the truth, the way it, it uh, it's getting spread. And then there's um, a New York Times global health reporter. He published a series of unsparing essays on Medium where he's called for the postponing of any sex-centric pride parties and the rapid, rapid scale-up of vaccination among risk at-risk men who have sex with men. McNeil faults the CDC for, as he sees it, over-prioritizing combating anti-gay stigma or the urgent need to communicate frankly and precisely about the true contours and drivers of the outbreak. Kudos to you, Mr. McNeil. He says, I feel pride celebrations will be a series of super spreader events, McNeil told NBC News, and that they will make this epidemic uncontainable. And in closing, there was a a sex columnist um, named Dan Savage this is this is quite uh, disgusting. He says, called for gay and not bisexual men to be vigilant about monitoring their potential symptoms of the virus and to err on the side of caution if you have a hint of symptoms or have been in contact with someone who has been exposed. Sitting out nightclubs or sexual experiences is if warranted. And this is what this is where he says, sexual freedom is awesome. Savage said, he's got the perfect name. Is a savage. It's a it's a superpower. It become it comes with a responsibility, which is not to be in denial. We have to be informed and take responsibility, and maybe every once in a while tap the brakes. Uh, that's coming from somebody who's, um, you know, obviously in that lifestyle. And uh, sexual freedom is is not awesome. You know, it's going to lead you to hell, and uh, that's not what uh, God's God wants from us. So, let's talk about what the Catholic Church says because. You know, this is not like a condemnation. We're not trying to bash the people. We're trying to bash the sin, and um, we got to we got to make inroads with this community to bring them back home and to turn them around before their their exit interview. But according to the uh, the compendium of uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, homosexual acts are grave sins against chastity and expressions of the vice of lust. Homosexual acts are included among the grave sins against chastity in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And according to the Catechism, homosexual acts are acts of grave depravity that are intrinsically disordered. And it, 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 in the, the past uh, medical journals, it was classified as a, medic, as a mental disease. It continues, they are contrary to the natural law. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine effective and sexual com- complementarity, under no circumstances can they be approved. Regarding homosexuality as an orientation, the Catechism describes it as objectively disordered. So we've got to love on these people, but we have to, in charity, we have to tell them the truth of where it's leading them. And if you are suffering, if you're listening and you're suffering from same-sex attraction, that in itself is not a sin. The sin is when you're acting on those emotions and uh, 
and there's help for you. There's there's plenty of places in you know Catholic circles where you can go for help and uh, counselors. And um, there are a number of people who have turned their lives around from this orientation. And the Catholic Church teaches that as a person does not choose to be either homosexual or heterosexual, being gay is not inherently sinful. That's what I just said. According to the Catholic theology of sexuality, all sexual acts must be open to procreation and express the symbolism of male-female complementarity. Sexual acts between two members of the same sex cannot meet these standards. Homosexuality thus constitutes a tendency towards this sin. The church teaches that gay people are called to practice chastity. Just as single guys are, and, and guys and gals are, are supposed to be chaste, there's no different in this, in this community. And uh, we have to, like I said, we have to love them and, and, and be honest enough with them in charity to tell them, tell them the truth. The church also teaches that gay people must be accepted with, and with respect, compassion, and sensitivity, and that every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. While holding that discrimination in marriage, whilst holding that discrimination in marriage, employment, housing, and adoption in some circumstances can be just and obligatory. Right. Um, the church points to several passages in the Bible. So sometimes um, people that uh, you come in contact with say, well, that's just the Old Testament, you know. Christ changed that in the New Testament, and it's not so. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Genesis 19, 1 through 11, it's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and um, where Abraham goes to um, to see his nephew Lot and, uh, you know, rescues them, and uh, the angels bring them out and uh as you remember lot's wife was told not to turn back and look and she looked back turned into a pillar of salt and on the the cities were destroyed and uh you know you you wonder if that's going to happen to some of these cities like san francisco some of these cities that are so entrenched in that lifestyle um you know who knows if it's if if it's even worse now than it was then i i tend to think so but uh here it goes, Leviticus 18, to 18 uh, verse 22. It's clear. It says, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It's an abomination. The Old Testament calls it abomination. God calls it an abomination. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Okay, here we go in the New Testament. So those of you who say, Oh, it's not anywhere found in the New Testament. Here you go. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26 says, For this reason God gave them up to, to, to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in their own persons the due penalty for their error. And First Timothy one through ten, or first verse first Timothy uh, chapter one, verse ten. It says immoral persons sodomites, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. 
so the scripture is clear about it. You know, St. Paul, uh, those last three verses I, I read, um, he's, he's, there's, he's not making any bones about it. This is, this is where it is. This is where it stands. And we all have people in our extended families, maybe even our immediate families. I don't know of anybody in my immediate family, but, uh, that are suffering through the same sex attraction. And, uh, the lifestyle is, it's going to take you to, it's going to take you nowhere. It's going to take you down. And, uh, um, you know, one friend in high school was very, you know, close to in junior high and, and, and in high school. And, uh, you could see him going on that path. And, um, but again, it wasn't really talked about much once he got out of high school, you know, he saw that he was just deeply entrenched in that lifestyle. And, um, and I saw him recently at a, a a reunion and uh he didn't look well he didn't look uh at my uh 40th uh, high school reunion and didn't look well and it was just that tension between us because um i didn't uh i hadn't friended or he tried to friend me on facebook and i i didn't accept because i i just didn't want to um he's gonna see some of my posts you know or and i'll just talk to him in person but anyway um Hope you got something out of this. Uh, we're not not a condemnation on the people. Let's just, just talk to our loved ones. Bring them to the truth. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We are back, Jesus 911. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And uh, we're uh, going to be talking about um, kind of on the same subject, but uh, this is written from a priest, and it's uh, a few years. It's a few years ago. Um, it was posted in August of uh, 2018 by Father John Zulsdorf. We mentioned him. We've used his articles in the past. He's uh, a tremendous priest. I think he's another canceled priest because of his stance on on hardline stance on the, the on the truth of the Catholic faith and. Um, and so who is this Father John Zolzdorf, Father Z, they call him? He's, uh, he's an American-born priest of the suburb Bicarian Diocese of Velletri Segni in Italy and a Catholic media figure. And he's a convert from Lutheranism. In college, he was ordained by St. John Paul II in 1991. He worked in Rome as a collaborator in the Pontifical Commission Ecclesia Dei, which has kind of been dissolved, and is now in Madison, Wisconsin, um, Again, this is uh, an old article, so I don't know uh, where he's at now, uh, where he serves with full diocesan faculties and functions as a president of the Tridentine Mass Society of Madison. He's working on a doctoral dissertation for the Patristic Institute of Augustinianum in Rome on the figure of King David as an exemplar of civic virtues as shared by Saints Augustine and Ambrose. Father Z's website it's called Father Z's blog, has been listed by the British magazine News Statesman and other metric sites as one of the top 10 Christian blogs in the world. He had a column for many years in on liturgical translation in the Catholic Weekly, The Wanderer, and he's been involved in internet ministry since 1992. He now writes for the British Catholic Weekly, the Catholic Herald, and he's been a commentator on EWTN, on Fox News, and various radio stations. Um, so... He says that this is one of the hardest posts he's ever written, and uh, it's going to be about the lifestyle, but that we just talked about. But it's among the the priests, the the people in in his brother priests and bishops. So 
He says that uh, this forward was written after I wrote the rest, as forwards usually are. This is one of the hardest posts I've ever written. It was physically uncomfortable to hack this out, and I had to stop several times and walk around before taking up the sword again. I suppose I will hesitate a few more times and pray a bit before I hit that publish button. He mentions the the website of, of priest Father Edwin Palka, who explains why some priests have not blown the whistle on homosexual priests and homosexual priest predators. Frankly, his post was put put some steel into his fing, into my fingers. So that's what he he credits uh, Father Palka for doing that to him for him. And um, he says priests can set discouraging examples for their for their brethren. They can also get set good examples for encouragement. What he wrote is grisly. It is also true. He opens the ugly box to let a little purifying sunshine in. I will do the same and in the same vein. Folks, I know that you are really angry. The depth of ugly you see in the news is often not nearly as deep as the, the ugly can, that some priests see. You are surely rightly angry. You, do you think we priests are not? So when this was going on, there was a lot of exposure to, to the sexual uh, abuse by the uh, by priests. And um, if you remember the, um, I'll forget to, the college, but there was a a, a college that uh, did a study on the abuse of priests, and that eighty two percent of them were affecting were preying on uh, prepubescent boys. So that would that would mean that this was a problem of homosexuality, and uh, but then you didn't hear that in the news, and because uh, again they didn't want to cause a stigma among that population. So uh, that's that's too bad that uh, the church has to think like this. And so he's saying that you know if we are angry, just think about what the priests, the good priests are, and it's no different than me in, in law enforcement. Um, no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop because it, it just puts everybody in a negative uh, light. And uh, that's not what we want. And it puts creates that, you know, that uh, uh, it would look like everybody's involved in this since it's a big cover-up. And um, he says, Our Lord cursed the fig tree before his passion. That wasn't the model that we priests should employ when it comes to homosexual predator priests. And let's be clear, the scandal is about homosexuality, just like I said. It's not about pedophilia. Um, these were prepubescent boys, you know. Um, I'm sorry, postpubescent boys. Uh, prepubescent boys, you know, that's where the pedophilia comes in. So these were like teenage boys, and in some cases, uh, seminarians, and the, these uh, these gay priests were, and bishops were praying on them. Some of these homosexual predators are, I think, possessed. Think about it. If you know anything about demonic activity, and this is something that lay people should not get too involved with, then you should know that certain demons specialize in certain kinds of sins. You know, and Jesse and Dr. Dan talk about this all the time. They will attach themselves like spiritual lampreys to the souls of people who commit them and also to the places where the sins are committed. Once a demon gets holds, hold, of, they, they claim the right to be there until the layers of their connection are broken one by one. That's what exorcism rites do. They break the legalistic claims of the enemy to be there. Homosexual sins are particularly grave and their demonic forces concomitantly vile. And these sins also involve the young or those who are subject to the authority of, or power 
of the predator millstones are not enough. If you wonder about the Lord and the capital punishment, he spoke of the millstone before the church did. He said, if you, in, you know, you, if you um, hurt one of my little little ones, uh, it'd be better that a millstone be hung around your neck than you, and cast in the ocean. And um, that's that's how how forceful Jesus thinks of, of of these predators. That's the supernatural side. There's also a natural side. It seems to me that men with these strong disordered inclinations don't. See, he says, how do how do I put this? Act like other men, right? They're effeminate men. They think differently. They work out difference, differences differently. And um, he says, first, way back when, as a seminary a seminarian, I remember the pastor of my parish telling us young guys not to write our name in our breveries or prayer books. He explained that were we to lose the book, someone could claim that it was found in a house of assignation. Assignation. Uh, some of the guys thought that was funny. I didn't. My folks were cops. <laughs> So Father Z's parents were police officers. I grew up hearing about and seeing photos of the ugliest human circumstances imaginable. I figured out blackmail and compromise way back. Also, if you talk to cops who have been on the job for a while, they will confirm that male-on-male violence is among the worst they see. Ask cops if you know any pretty well. Ask ER docs and nurses that what they see come in and how it was inflicted. Here's a not-so-little factoid for you. In Italian... A derogatory term for a homosexual male is frocio, which etymologically comes from the Latin ferex, savage. So that word for a homosexual man comes out, you know, the the word when you look at its lineage, it's, uh, it's savage. Are they all that way? No, of course not. But uh, that doesn't mean that there are those who are. And, and you know what? And going back to my, my career, some of the most violent cases that I observed involved homosexual acts on one another um, in the county jail. And um, I also handled a call of two, uh, two lesbians that uh, just about killed each other in a fight. Uh, once I got one of them to jail, she turned on me in the, in the booking cage, and I had no choice but the body slammer. She was a big gal, and, uh, and she was messing up my ink card as I'm trying to fingerprint her. And... I told her, knock it off, knock it off. I had to keep redoing it. And uh, so finally she got too close to me and she, uh, I had to, uh, I had to throw her off of me. So otherwise she, I didn't want her to hurt me. And it was, that was probably the first time I ever had to lay my hands on a, yeah, it was the first time I had to lay my hands on a female. And, um, you know, it, it was totally within policy and, it, it, she didn't end up too too well when I was done with her, and but uh, it was as if I was working, um, you know, dealing with a man. Uh, so Father Z goes on to say, next, still as a seminarian over breakfast, a then auxiliary bishop told me that when he reported on something to the archbishop, he was shut down. If I know about it, I might have to do something about it. So, you know, th- that's also. You know, when it's kissing it off like a la- like lazy partners that I worked with who kissed off reports so they wouldn't have to be inve- they wouldn't have to investigate the case. That's what uh, this this arch- uh, this archbishop is doing. He's kissing it off, and he doesn't want to to handle it. So the auxiliary said, "Remember, John, there were old women of both sexes that would be confirmed countless times in the next years. 
When I went to the seminary rector to complain about the things I was hearing through the walls, their treatment of me only worsened and I got thrown out the second time. That's how I got to Rome. In Rome, because I was in the unusual position of curial work and seminary, because of my youth, etc., I was sub- subtly warned of certain well-placed people who would offer this or that to open this door, to invite into that circle, to climb more quickly, to gain some favors, etc. I was being warned mainly about two groups, the mafia and homosexuals. Both groups, along with Masons, but I, I think they were in both, both of these tribes. So the Masons were mixed between the, the mafia and the homosexuals. And uh, I was pre- perceived at the time as having a potential to be advanced. So they were looking at him to, to, to groom him for upward mobility in the church. Sure enough, every once in a while, I would get an invitation, a gift out of the blue, a strong suggestion that X might be a good choice to, to get ahead. One of uh, years later, one I read one of them, uh, Gentilumo de Sua Santifa, um, found tied up with his head bashed in in homosexual porno video in his VCR. I'd I'd met him at the Lateran University, where for where he for some reason he was taking courses along the, with seminarians, and he says Father Z says my gaydar was strong, so this guy didn't get far with me, but but some of my classmates weren't so lucky. Um. You know, th- this is something that really troubles me to, to talk about because this is our church. This is my church. This is uh, the church that Jesus Christ started. And, and to see how far it's fallen doesn't mean that the church is not the true church. This means that it's being led by sinful men and we have to change it. So the better that we talk about it than to just sweep it under the carpet. We'll be right back finishing up this article. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we're back uh, talking about uh, Father Z's experience in in, uh, in the priesthood and, and in seminary. And he says it's one of the hardest posts he's ever written. And he's laying out, you know, his brother priests, the ones that are the need to be you know, um, pointed out. And this is, uh, it's disheartening as a Catholic and someone who loves this church and uh, knows it to be the truth, the true church. Um, this is where we have things like this, that, that where it makes it hard to evangelize. It makes it hard to bring new, new, uh, non-Catholics into the church when they hear and read stories like this. But you know, we're just exposing it here because this is this is what's going on, and you're you're not going to hear about it. Um, you won't hear about it in the mainstream news, partly because the homosexual community is are the the darlings of the media. So, just like when the priests were uh, abusing these children, they never called it a homosexual problem. They said it was pedophilia, and I have experts in in the field of. Um, child abuse that that worked you know have worked uh, the sheriff's department um we call it special victims and they'll tell you you know the, the age of these children wasn't pedophilia this was pederasty and uh and so to to call it that is is it, it's disingenuous to call it uh that it's pedophilia so as if it's we're, they're bringing in people that uh that prey on young boys these were post-pubescent boys, uh, 
earlier I misstated it. It was post-pubescent boys, not mis pre-pubescent boys. So Father Z goes on to say, um, as a as a priest, I quickly figured out that if you were on the wrong side of things, you would be subtly and not so subtly targeted for persecution, of course, but also for compromise, be it homosexual, heterosexual, money, drugs, ambition, whatever your weakness might be, they would set traps for you. If you think about it, if you try to think like the enemy, doesn't that make sense? If you can't get someone to join you in your slime, but you suspect he has your number, you try to get something on him. Um, yeah, no, no different than we, we, we I'd catch a, a guy, um, under the influence of drugs. And, uh, I don't want to really take him for that misdemeanor being under the influence. He'd be out quickly. Well, this was back then. So they actually did spend some time in jail. Not like today where, you know, they're, they're out of jail before you even finish the, the report. But you would, we would get these guys who were under the influence and then we would, um, we would squeeze them, you know, and, and find out who their connection was and where they're getting their dope and, and see if they would, they're willing to call, order up uh, some, some drugs. And, and then we sit there and wait in, in, in hiding. And when the, 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 the connect shows up, we would pounce on them and we would take the, uh, we would take the, uh, the, the dealer, you know, the bigger offense is the, the one who's selling the drugs. So we take them to jail and, uh, the other guy would get a break. And so, that's the way it works. And so you get them dirty and then they owe you, you know, and that's what Father Z is saying here. Uh, so for many years ago, a woman told me about a meeting she went to um, of some pro-choice feminist organization or other. She said that one of the things they talked about after the more public meeting was over, it was figuring out which one of them could target for seduction. Certain priests in the diocese who were overtly preaching against contraception and abortion, one of them would do it or they could hire hookers and set honey traps. It's a classic spy craft release. Compromise the guy to shut him up. The problem is most priests are compassionate guys who, when faced with a, a woman in distress, might let their guard down. Let's face the facts. Women who are wired in certain ways think differently than men. They can wrap guys around their lipstick case if they if they aren't wary. And men often are not wary enough. Some tears and a little... GBH, I would imagine that's great bodily harm, can work wonders on the naive. That technique goes for the gay predators as well. This one reason, this is one reason why I think that homosexual predators of young men think differently apart from the help of the demons in their heads. As Also, as a priest, there are truly sacrilegious ways that some of the, these agents of hell will work to shut up priests who don't and won't put up with the roof. They use the seal of the confessional, against the solid non-queer priest confessor. They go to confession to a good confessor to bind him to the seal. Of course, that is a pretty underhanded satanic um, thing to do. It is a horrible sacrilege. A lot of good priests know that if they hear something in the confessional, they must never talk about it. They don't know what to do, and in prudence, they clam up about their brethren. This is one reason why the church law, church's law discourages a superior of hearing the confessions of those under his authority. He goes on to say, Father Z says, I know guys who simply couldn't take it anymore and quit. There have been moments when I've thought about it myself, but then my cold Prussian fury and stubbornness flares and I'm, I'm sure the grace to stick it out for whatever I'm destined to do or endure and endure. Could you imagine 
I know Jesse's talked about this before where, um, you know, a lot of these people, they see this kind of behavior in the seminary and they just, they bail. They said, that's it. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go forward with this. If I had a friend who was a deputy sheriff, he was in the seminary in Camarillo, St. John's seminary, and it was rife with homosexual activity. And, uh, he said he was going through um, his, he did the minor seminary and he was going into the major seminary and that was, uh, it was atrocious. He said, I, I couldn't stand it anymore. I couldn't believe this is what I was getting into. So um, he he left and um, became a deputy sheriff. So, and it, it, it affected his faith. He did, he lost his faith for a number of years. Um, later on, when I, when I started going to the Latin Mass, um, I brought him with me. I brought him with me to meet, you know, my priest, and uh, and it was just a beautiful thing. He, his heart was warmed. His heart was open to this because he knew the truth. It was in him, and his senses fidelium kicked in, and, and he says, "Man, this is beautiful. This is this liturgy is beautiful." And uh, so wherever he's at, Mike, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, you know, God bless you, and. Uh, so Father Z calls this all-out war. He says, this is all-out war. It's a war on every human level, human and supernatural. The enemy of the soul is a really good general, a relentless, malevolent tactician of destruction of souls and long, very uh, strategist. The enemy preys on human weakness. War is horrible, vicious, and seriously ugly. Spiritual wars is worse than material. And we all know that St. Peter says that the devil prowls around like a, a lion seeking who may devour. He, um, Father Z uses a bad word here, but he says these B words you know, have not only violated uh, countless innocents and stained the Catholic name, they have set in motion the process that will lead good men to suffer greatly to defend the celibacy of the seal of confession. It would be so easy to feed a few certified perverts to the secular justice and gain time to ascertain the facts on all others. Because make no mistake, innocence will be accused and it will be impossible to talk about burden of proof without accusations of cover-up. Innocence will have again to pay the price of reform the hard way. They will they will show good will by targeting the good guys. They will find a de- degenerate in an otherwise second group and then and there and fixed. So uh, the media and of course bishops are downplaying the distinctive tract of all these stories, the vice of the most vice of most offenders. CNN even presents it with a picture of a woman crying. It will again be a case of white heterosexual Christian men raping women, and even when when boys are involved, it will be only because of the power celibacy culture of secrecy protecting power via seal of confession. He says, "I do not know. I do not buy the claims that a high number of priests are homosexual, but I do indeed buy that that percentage is higher among those who have power." That's that's key here. The boys' club perpetuated itself by grooming with preferential treatment of certain likely fellows. They made sure that they went to Rome, which could help a future career, or they got the chance at higher studies, the key role in the chancery. Mind you, that wasn't all the bishops or seminaries or priests. Don't look cross-eyed at a guy sent to Rome. These days, I'm sure in the vast majority of cases, it's because the guy has potential to serve the church well, and that's the best place to realize the potential. Do not, he says, do not slip into the trap that I see in, in news stories and fuming posts with sloppy language about these bishops and priests. They all failed us. No, they did not all fail you. Some did. Their failures were galactic and all priests are suffering the fallout. 
but don't turn your wrath and blame on every priest and bishop. That would surely make the devil grin. That's objective, after all, through some attack, though some um, attack them all. Uh, at the end, he says, this is, this is supernatural battle uh, being fought right now. The bloody trenches and killings alleys are directly through the ranks of the church priests. They directly involve matters intimately tied to the very center of the church's core priesthood and sacraments like penance. This war involves human weakness, identified perversions, and also demonic, demonic possession. Hence, our response has to involve all these dimensions. Calling on, on all priests and all bishops, please start seeing masses, having devotions for reparation, for deliverance from the assaults of the enemy. We've tried in true spiritual weapons. If only we would dust them off, polish them up, and use them. Enough of this mealy mouth excuse making and temporizing. Enough of this rubbish about all the really important things that fill the clerical day, like committees and meetings. If you're going to have a meeting, meet about how we have to do reparation. Who will be unlocking the church for the exposition of rosaries and novena and confessions? Priests and bishops, for the love of all is holy. Use your mighty spiritual weapons given by orders and holy churches own authoritative tried and true tradition and i'll like and this is how he closes and i'll say it again and again the devil hates latin let's stop fooling around put the 22 long rifle away and start with the 50 caliber already the time for the the modus of our lit, sacred liturgical worship is now extraordinary form brothers stop fooling around if you if you latins out there out there don't know and can't use your whole latin right then who the hell are you anyway come on guys he was referring to a modus. The modus is a, a in service since 1933. That was a, a few firearms have seen seen much action as the Browning M2 50 caliber machine gun, with its own long and storied history. New collectors or history's enthusiasts might pause to ask, "What does the modus mean?" It's the mother of all machine guns, basically. So Father Z is coming off hard at the end because he he loves his priesthood and uh, he wants us all to pray. We have to. We have to get on our knees, do reparation for our, our priests and our bishops. And if you love Holy Mother Church, we've got to do it. We've got to do it as a, as a team. And, uh, you know, involve your involve your children. You know, God especially hears the prayers of the young, innocent children. Get them to pray for their priests too. Maybe you'll instill some vocations in them. We need more vocations. We need good holy priests. Lord, bring us many priests. Bring us many holy priests. And, um, uh, I hate to talk about this subject, but it's 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 out there, and unless we're exposing it, then no one's going to do anything about it. So let's be on the front lines, listeners. Let's be on the front lines and pray for our church, pray for our priests and bishops. Uh, God love them. Anyway, that's it for another. That's a wrap for this show. You've been listening to Jesus nine one one. If you like what you hear, share it with others. Get others involved in their faith. Invite someone to church with you. Stay tuned for Hands-On Apologetics with Gary Mishuda up next. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Same Christ time, same Christ channel.